All right, Eric, a day later, how are we feeling? I mean, about the same, I get. I mean, about the same, more or less, uh, that I did last night, which is, feels like it's the end of the Lillard era, but it also still feels a little uncertain just because I don't know what the deal, what the, the right deal would be for him for both sides, for both for the Blazers and for him. And I just don't know. There's, I guess I just don't see this like immediate path to a championship, almost like a KD and Golden State situation. Like if Dame goes somewhere, it's still, yeah, for Dame, yeah. Like, and he's well within his right to go do that, but because he should, I mean, he's put in so much time here. He can do whatever he wants. Uh, It's just, you know, I guess the calculus might have to be, is he going to leave for like an increase from a 0% chance to win the championship this year to like a 5% chance? And then what happens in two years? Is that, is that an increase? Like, I just think those might be thoughts that are happening right now too, that, I mean, I think if you're Joe Cronin, you have to hope that Dane is thinking that way, probably is really what I would say. The thing that happened yesterday that really just kind of stuck with me and this is a couple hours before the draft and we'll get to the draft and portland taking scoot and you know the uh, the other stuff chris paul getting traded to the warriors just feels like the logical conclusion in like the most absurd way possible of like this era of like stars jumping teams every other year because i don't does that make sense to you because it doesn't make sense to me no and i mean Obviously, are you going to play Steph off the ball now? Like, what? Like, like what's? <laughs> I mean, Steph. Steph can. Steph is great off the ball, but here's the thing: now you're betting on your six man instead of being Jordan Poole for all of his flaws. You're betting on a 39, soon to be 39 year old Chris Paul to replace that. And here's the thing: they also don't really have yet. Now they could. This could change. This is bad. I'm just getting maybe I'm getting a little too into the weeds here, but they don't really have a role guy, like a guy who sets screens and rolls in the way that Chris Paul normally works with, and because Kevon Looney is not really that type of player. I mean, he's a good player, right? But that's not really his game, and so that's weird. Someone made a comparison. It's like the Fast and the Furious movies, where the enemy in the previous movie becomes part of the crew in the next movie. Uh, so yeah, I guess it is kind of like this logical you know, the, the player movement era where, you know, the Warriors most hated player Chris Paul comes back uh, to, to Golden State. But I still don't really know, like, what they're doing there. Like, And then it's like that's on the heels of Bradley Beal is going to the Suns and, like, okay. Like, I, that, that their roster is, like, extremely – their roster was already too top-heavy. Now it's, you know, even more top-heavy. And I, I, I just – I only bring all of this up because I wonder if Dame, who, you know, you and I both know Dame pretty well, and he watches a lot of league pass, and he sees kind of what goes on around the league. I wonder if he thinks, like, all this stuff is kind of stupid, just like we do. And that a lot of these, you know, team-ups and all this stuff that seems great on papers doesn't actually work. I'll say this. I think 
when it comes to what happened in the draft yesterday. And from everything I've heard, you know, I I have heard that Dame and his people were not thrilled that they used the pick, which they had kind of been telegraphing that if they decided to use the pick, then I think the phrase has been a conversation is going to have to take place. I think that Joe Cronin did the right thing by making the pick because from what I understand, no, none of the trade offers that were out there, like Brooklyn was never willing to re-engage on Mikael Bridges. That's one they would have done. Brooklyn was never open to it. From what I actually heard, New Orleans wanted Scoot. They never seriously got close to offering Zion. They were trying to get him for like the 14th pick and future picks and like Trey Murphy, which it was not going to work for Portland because yeah. you're only trading the third pick if you're getting a guy. So I, so David in the Griffin, absence David of Grifton was trying to grift on Joe Cronin right there. <laughs> so in the absence of like that type of trade being out there and with Scoot Henderson is really as good as people say he is, I think Joe did the right thing. And I also think, that Dame and the Goodwins and, you know, people in his circle are well within their rights to feel the way that they feel about it. Yeah. I mean, I think they, they want, you know, they want an all in swing, you know, they want what, what the Clippers did. Right. We're like, they were like, you know, we have SGA, but there's an opportunity to get Kwai and PG who are a little bit, who are a lot older but we're going to try and make the run at a championship. And it didn't work. And now the, the Clippers are where they are. But they took a chance, right? They, yeah. they were the title favorites. They were they, they were for a while there. Uh, you know, they, if Kawhi, I mean, we keep saying this a lot. If Kawhi doesn't get hurt in that, in that, in that playoff series to couple, in 2021, you know, maybe they beat Phoenix and maybe they – play in the championship and who knows what happens there in a Bucks Clippers right. series if that was the matchup. And I think Dame wants something like that. And it's just been a while since he's had that. You know what I mean? Like like mm-hmm. like, like it's been since, since 20... 2015, since the Lamarcus Batum. And yeah, I would even like venture to West... I would even venture to say, you know, if you wanted to put like the biggest rose colored glasses on when Nurk broke his leg. Right, but like, like when Nurk broke his leg, that completely changed the ceiling on that 2019 team, and they still made the conference finals. But you know, like that's so that's happened to him before. So, so, so I, I guess is like so he's done that. So, but I think he wants one more like chance of like at, even if something happens health wise with someone, I think that's the kind of chance that he's hoping for. I guess Joe Cronin, at least publicly is trying to put the face on that maybe not next year he would have a better chance at winning a championship, but in two years, three years, it seems like that is the type of rhetoric that Cronin is banking on working with Dame. And I just don't know if I just don't think it's going to work. I mean, ultimately over the long haul, unless they come up with some kind of miracle out of left field and turn Simons into something unexpected Simons and Nurk. I mean, at this point, I feel like Nurk is is like a blazer as long as Dame is here. Yeah, because I I feel like we you know we do we do this every you know trade deadline or I mean obviously last offseason he re-signed for big money, but the last two trade deadlines we've been just convinced that Nurk is gone. 
going into this summer with them talking about going all in, making these trades, we know that's a spot that they've been looking to upgrade for a while. I don't know what the trade out there is for Nurk that's going to bring back an upgrade. I I wonder, like, I it doesn't feel like it's there. Think, it just doesn't feel. It, that doesn't. It feels like they have I mean, to maybe, give up maybe to get off of him. Maybe there's something else that they could do. Maybe if a team is enamored enough in Simons that they're willing to take Nurk on. But that team has, to, and then you get like two or three players back or something. Yeah, that 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 maybe fill some some more immediate needs because I think this is the big thing coming out of this scoot draft is if this is the team one of those four guys is going to be really unhappy because yeah, and- you want, you're going to have four guys that are going to want to play around 30 minutes a game. And there's only 98 minutes or 96 minutes or yeah, 96 minutes yeah. between the two players. So that means there, there's a huge gap there between 120 and 96. And so, you know, I, I think that is the biggest thing that I'm looking at right now is, it's great that they have all this depth, but they they can't play all these guys. It's just like I mean, I guess they could if they play you know a lot of three guard lineups, but then you're back to which you're back to what, what, what Conti was so mad that Neil was making him do two three years or two years ago, like right. And what we've been killing Old Shea for, and what what Dame has been begging not to happen, and yeah. and what at least what I've been my impression has been that's what the front office says they don't want to do again, and so like. It just, it just, it just feels like this is just a lot of like Groundhog's Day, right now. <laughs> I think no matter what, Simon's kind of has to be traded. Even okay, even I mean, if I they so, decide, like, let's say they. For, also, first of all, I do think he has value around the league. He's young. He has upside. He's a you know a great you know, shot creator. He's on a good contract. I think he's somebody that teams would be interested in. You're not going to get like a premium, like you know high-level impact starter for him, but you can get something for him. You're not going to have to attach picks to get off of that like the uh, Warriors just did with Jordan Poole. You're, you can get you can get some kind of positive value for Simons. Even if you decide you're going to pivot and trade Dame and rebuild, the whole point of doing that would be to clear the runway for Scoot and Shaden to be the backcourt. Yes. And then at that point, are you paying Simons $25 million a year to come off the bench? Or are you going to stunt the development of Scoot and Shaden by having one of them come off the bench? And it's like it's it, it's it's I think it's a it's a much more tenable situation for one of those guys to come off the bench behind Damian Lillard than yes. it is to come off the bench behind Anthony Simons. And yeah, to me, Simons has to be traded. Obviously, they have to trade him for the right package. They can't just give him right. away. But they. They've got to do something with that because it, it they, they just, there's just not enough basketball to go around for that many guards that their some of their be- their best skills are with the ball in their hands a lot you know for the most part. I mean, Shaden is a pretty good you know I I would say uh, off the ball player, and, but but I don't think that that's you know we saw his best moments I think this season with the ball in his hands. So I. Yeah, I, I think Simons has to go. I guess I just don't I don't know where that deal is right now and who what the market is for him because uh I think everyone kind of assumed maybe okay, if they keep the pick, they keep 3, 
maybe they use 23 with Simons to do something with that. But, you know, all indications – oh, they did not. Yeah, it sound, and it sounds like they like Chris Murray. Yeah, I mean, that, and, that's, and that's the kind of guy you draft. I mean, everything I've read about Chris Murray, and I'm not going to sit here and act like I watched a ton of Iowa basketball this year, but – Everything I've read about Chris Murray is that he's a lot like his brother. He's kind of a plug-and-play, 3-and-D type of wing that you draft when you're trying to, you know, if you're going to draft a guy like that, you're drafting him not as, like, a developmental project. They kind of did the same thing in the draft this year that they did last year, where they went upside in the lottery, and then they went with, like, a more plug-and-play, you know, rotation player contributor with, you know, Jabari Walker last year, Chris Murray this year, and... I mean, he averaged twenty eight. Yeah. He averaged twenty a game in college. You know, he's a guy who yeah. can put the ball in the hoop at the forward spot. Which you know, they have Jeremy, but their other forwards don't really. They're not really bucket getters like that. And so you know, in you know, in in his how he projects. I also found it interesting that we learned you retweeted it onto my timeline. Now this could be total total cope right here. That Chris Murray was one of the people who was invited to Dame's camp thing that they had. Formula Zero. Formula yeah. Zero here in Oregon. Uh, and maybe that this was a pick to appeal to his maybe concerns about a wing who can get a bucket. Uh, but, you know, I, I don't think Dame is convinced. making. Yeah. I don't think Dame, first of all, I don't think the front office is making a draft pick based on, like, they already, they already, like, gave a two-way spot to Dame's cousin. Shout out to College and Blevins. Like, well, and they signed GP2. I think we're, they signed GP2. They signed GP2 because he's a Goodwin guy. So, like, that, I think they're kind of past the, we're going to just make the exact moves that Dame wants. I also don't, I, first of all, I, I think, I think that this front office, when it comes to, like, draft evaluating, like, like, whatever you want to say about, you know, you know uh how they are as as negotiators and you know trade you know as far as trades and free agent signings the track record is very hit and miss there so far i think with joe's background as a scout and especially with mike schmitz and some of the other folks in the front office you can say that their strength so far has been finding value in the draft i don't think that front office is going to throw out their entire process and make a first round draft pick to appease dame and i also don't think the thing that swings Dame deciding he wants to be here or not is, hey, you took a kid that was at my camp a year ago. Like, I don't think that's how he's going to make that big of a decision. Well, yeah, and I think to your point, you know, maybe there's also, yeah, I think to your point, there's a realization that, like, hey, maybe, like, the Jeremy thing, I think that was probably, that that has probably worked, that's probably a good call, but, like, some of the other calls, you know, didn't work out, so it's like, if, if he's going to potentially leave anyway and he's making, and you're like listening to him on all these decisions, then you're going to be looking back at yourself. Like, what did we, why did we do this? You know what I mean? Like it's so, uh, I, I just, yeah, I think it's a really, uh, interesting situation. I just also think there are potential avenues. They still have the MLE is an interest. So let's get to this. Cause you, you texted me earlier saying that you have a new agenda for the MLE, and you didn't tell me what it was, so I want to hear it. 